Welcome everyone to the latest episode of Women in AV Podcast. With me today is Jennifer Goodyear, my amazing co-host. Hey, Jen. Hey, Erica. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm going to let you introduce our guests today, if you don't mind. Yeah, I will. So our first guest today is Brittany DeCessory with Control Concepts. Uh, we've known Brittany a long time and we just love her. So we're really happy to have her back on the show. She was on the show at Infocom. And then I'm really excited because we have our first male guest today. And it's a longtime friend, first time caller, Matt Buckner from Sennheiser. And uh, thanks you both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I think so. I think we wanted to kick it off and talk about because Brittany, I don't know where you started in AV. I know where I met you, which was with Avixa through the Women's Council. And then you had to completely pivot your career, basically. So I just kind of wanted to talk to you about that and see how that change went about. And you're doing great with Steve. So yeah, so I officially full time started uh, my industry career at Avixa. Um, but I had been helping and working part time with my church um, doing their technology management and um, working with all of their live streaming technology and helping to produce their services. So I had all the hands on experience in doing that. And I just couldn't figure out how to make a career out of it outside of my church. And in our area, we knew we needed to have something that helped um, us financially outside of our house of worship. So um, I was working in real estate for a little while and heard about a VIX and I was like, wait, something like this exists. Like, how did I not know about this? And so it was really just an eye-opening moment. Um, and I got to work alongside Amanda Eberly, who was just absolutely wonderful. I was a part of her team. Um, she's the one that was telling me all about Avixa and how I needed to be a part of this. She brought me into her team and it was an amazing couple of years there. Um, loved getting to know the industry from a different side of it. Um, being able to talk to all of the different verticals within this amazing industry, getting to meet women like uh, Erica and Jen here, getting to meet a lot of manufacturers, um, which I didn't realize all of the connections I was making was going to help me further along down the road. Um, after 2020, things started to change within Avixa. I realized my time there was coming to an end and decided for personal reasons, it was time for me to take a step back and actually decided to leave the industry, take a massive pay cut to do so, to figure out where I needed to be. Um, because I knew this was no longer my full-time future plan and, and journey. Um, so through that, I had met Steve at Avixa at ISE um, in 2020, right before the whole world shut down. And we were just talking about programmers and giving programmers more exposure, but there was no talk of really how I might fit into the control concepts world outside of that. And then um, I believe it was fall of 2021, my husband actually was like, look, you said that AV, the AV industry is your family, it's your home. You're not there right now. What are you doing to get back there? Um, and I was like, well, I'm just waiting for a door to open. And he's like, you've got to take the first step if you want the door to open. So are you going to knock on a door? Are you going to try and see if something unlocks for you? But you've got to do something if you want to get back there. And he really gave me that push that I needed um, to have courage to raise my hand and say, hey, I'm ready to get back into the industry. Please, someone, if you have 
um, an idea of someone who's looking, let me know. And Steve immediately reached out and was like, people have recommended you to me two different times. I really want you to talk to me about control concepts. I'd love to have you as part of the team. But it was a sales job and I'm not a salesperson. So I was like, yeah, um, we can talk about it, but I don't think this is the right fit for me. And he goes, let's just talk about it. Um, so we talked several different times and each time it was really him convincing me that this, although technically in sales, isn't a sales job. It's really just building relationships. And that's what I did at Avixa. And after about a month and a half of different conversations decided control concepts is definitely my home. Um, and it's been great to take the relationships I've built, continue building more uh, relationships here at control concepts and yeah, uh, pivot in a different way within the industry. So yeah, and you've had to learn how to work with uh, all the programmers and different types of people. That's a whole different side of the industry, programmers. It is. Um, you know, programmers are typically very reserved and they're, I can't do what they do. And I'm not even going to pretend to know what they do outside of um, coding my MySpace page back in the day. That's, <laughs> that's all I know how to do. <laughs> And changing my layouts and my backgrounds and all of that. But past that, please don't ask me to ever program a thing. Um, but they're really the unsung heroes in our industry. Um, and they don't get a lot of recognition that they deserve. And so it's been great to be able to come alongside people who have been programmers in the industry. And now we've pivoted our business from being independent programmers to actually building the building blocks for programmers to use in the field. So now we're working for manufacturers, but we're building the tools programmers need. So we get to help programmers like us every single day. Um, and so it's really a, a very re rewarding experience to be able to take our 25 year plus history and say, we've been there, we've done that, we know the shoes um, that you're filling. We get the problem areas, we get the sticking points and we're here to help you. Um, so it's really been great. To, you know, I haven't had to learn the programming languages, but it's been great to be able to at least speak to it and learn how to bridge between product managers or integrators or, um, marketing people bridge that to the more technical people and those who are definitely way deeper into the weeds than some people may care to be at and helping them along, along the way. So it's really been, it's a fun journey and I learn something new every day. So that's, that's a plus. That's awesome. Matt, I would love to hear your origin story because this is my first time meeting you as well. Um, but I mean, Jen has talked you up, so <laughs> just keep that in mind. I actually started off, uh, in, and on the retail side of things in a, in a proper mom and pop shop um, years ago. And, and back when uh, someone literally had to die to get a job working in a music store, you know, so there were coveted <laughs> jobs and uh, I was really right place, right time to, to jump into that position. And, uh, and I remember too, that, uh, you know, my, the owner of the store always told me that he had me in his manager training program. And I always chuckled because he would say things like that when I was taking out the trash or, you know, painting the walls for free on the weekends, things like that. But, but he honestly was showing me how to run a small independent music store from top to bottom. Um, and from there, uh, the, 
the, my career took off in the music industry. And really the, my, my next uh, inflection point was when I saw a manufacturer's rep for the first time on the other side of the counter. And I was like, wow, what do you do? How do I get that yeah. job? And of course, that particular rep was like, you don't want my job. Like, you know, you know? and I was like, well, I think I do. Like, it seemed really it cool. Dad? It was not your dad. But yeah, that, uh, you know, I actually went into uh, managing big box stores from, from the independent shop and from there transitioned over onto the manufacturer's rep side of, side of things, went into international distribution for a moment, and then uh, wound up here at Sennheiser, um, which is, which is really I couldn't be happier with that trajectory because also too, as uh, I think I was much the same as Brittany, whereas if you would have asked me, Hey, how would you like an exciting career in sales? I would have gone hard pass. I don't want to be in sales. Uh, but really I've never felt like I've been involved in sales, even though that's been a part of my title in my entire career. Um, it really is about nurturing relationships, relationship development, you know, so, and now business development with Sennheiser. One of the reasons I wanted to have um, Matt on specifically is I not meaning to age you, Matt, but you've known my family longer than I've been alive. <laughs> so there it is. Thank you for outing me. So, so you've always been a safe place for me within the industry, but we really, really connected when I was pregnant. And you were the most honest person with me. And you would think that I'm not saying that the mothers I knew weren't supportive or weren't helping me in any way, but you were the one that was really laying out like, this is what's coming your way. And you did it every step of the way. Like once we got through the newborn phase, you were like, congratulations, now this is coming your way. <laughs> and the, I think our last conversation, you, I think you were checking Life 360 on your son. You're like, see, this never ends. You're always worried about them. And so it's just been really nice to get that parenting advice from you and get to talk to about it because it shows that no one else really talks about it unless you're really close with someone and where and that so many of us are parents and don't know Brittany I didn't know you were a parent till recently and your boys are obviously older than my daughter is so I just really wanted to talk about first of all the side of it where I feel like maybe as moms we kind of try to hide it because maybe they'll anyone will think oh, she doesn't have enough bandwidth to balance a career and her children, as we're constantly asked. But as a man, Matt, do you feel like you're ever really asked, how do you do it? You know, not often. I, and I think that's, uh, you know, we could probably point to toxic masculinity as a reason for that, right? That it's like, oh, I don't care. You know, that's uh, somebody else deals with that. I know that I've encountered it and on the negative side of it where, you know, had employers ask me, you know, I, I'm going to stay home with my sick child today. Well, can't your wife do that? You know, it's like, well, let's, let's pretend you didn't ask me that question. Right. You know, so um, I've been on the other side of it, uh, you know, a lot. And I, and I guess I've also felt like, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm not uh, supposed to talk about it. Maybe that it's not, you know, it's like, well, what do you, what do you know about it? You know, it's so, um, and also I think that, uh, you know, another, another trait of toxic masculinity is to put up that strong silent front that everything's fine. It's all fine. There's no problems here. 
I don't have any emotions. Everything's good. I'm right where I want to be right now. Um, and not being able to express that. Um, I've gotten a lot better as I've gotten older at expressing that, you know, and I, I definitely prioritize, uh, you know, some things that I missed, uh, Earlier in my career, I refused to miss now, you know, so that that football game, that uh, that school function, you know, it's that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to schedule around that. That's what's most important where I might not have even mentioned it before. I might have just said, well, I got to work, you know, so um, and of course, I I think that's also a requirement you put on yourself. You kind of project what you're what you think your employer is thinking. where, you know, it's like, well, I better, I better not ask for time off for a family related thing. I need to, I need to appear that I'm the consummate professional and that my life revolves around my career and that I don't have any outside distractions that I just work 24 seven. Um, and I think, it, you know, I, I, something that helped, I mean, I, you know, you and I have had this conversation many times, Jennifer, that the positive things that have come out of COVID, um, where you're allowed to have dogs bark, barking in the background. Now you're allowed to see your son walk behind you in your camera shot. You're allowed to be, to have a life before I think, you know, yeah, it was yeah. very like, I'm pretending I'm in an office. I'm pretending that this is a corporate environment. There's, you know, I don't have a family. I live in this bubble, you know, it's all about work. And now, now those walls have come down. I think for the better, I think that, you know, of, of course I have a dog. Of course I have children. Of course there's people, other people in my house, you know, and there's the noise and distractions. That's normal. You know, why, why we thought professionalism meant a library environment uh, is beyond me, you know, but, but I think a lot of that's come down and I think it's helped all of us, you know, obviously when work from home became live at work, we had to find that balance or we were going to go insane, you know, that it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got to start to compartmentalize and prioritize what's what's really important because you know virtual virtual work a hybrid workplace lends itself to you know just working 24 hours a day so that definitely does. Brittany just uh, moved into her new office. Her her employees are. How's that going, by the way? Okay, most days. <laughs> it depends on the evening and how tired they are. But um, yeah, we just we just bumped the boys, and um, they seem to have fun with it most of the time. But I, Matt, I love what you said, and I. I Love that you brought to mind that, speaking of dogs, my dog's going ballistic, sorry. It's allowed now. <laughs> it's allowed. <laughs> setting setting those boundaries around your life. And, and that's something my husband and I sat down before we decided to start our family. And I we both made it very clear, like we're very driven people. We both have a lot we wanna offer this world, but we're not, there are sacrifices we're not willing to make. And one of those is our children. Um, and so making sure that, as they pursue sports, as they pursue different activities that we are there for those moments because we don't want to miss those. Um, and also making sure, you know, we, everyone has these unrealized assumptions of roles within the home. And for my husband and I, we were very specific, um, when we started our life together that we're partners and there are times where it's expected that I need to pick up a little more slack than normal. And sometimes he does that for me, um, depending on where life is at, where we're at, where we're at personally, where we're at with our careers. Sometimes, you know, it's that give and take and it's sometimes we're giving 90% 
And sometimes we only have 30% to give and our spouse has to pick up that slack. And um, for us, it was making sure there are no assumed roles here. When the children are sick, it's not assumed that I'm the one taking care of them just because I'm the mom. Um, we both will sit down and, oh, hey, this kid's sick, um, can't go to school today. Who has the more flexible schedule today? Who has a little bit more to give where they can stay home? Um, my husband, he's a security integrator, so he's often out in the field. Um, so oftentimes that is me, but it's never the assumption just because of my gender, just because of the role I play in the home, it is never assumed. And I think that's something that you just have to communicate with your partner and with your employer. Um, my employers have always been very supportive of that because they know I, I'm not just an employee. I, I love what I do. I am 100% devoted to my career, but I also have a family. And that's probably the most important thing I'll ever give to this world is how I raise my children. And so making sure that I'm present and having the flexibility, that's always been a part of the negotiation as I've looked into new careers is making sure that that flexibility is there um, and that that understanding is there. Speaking on that 50-50 that you're talking about, Matt already knows what I'm going to ask him, but he had suggested a book to, he's, he's friends with my husband, Worlds Colliding, and um, he had suggested a book to us called The 80-80 Marriage. Do you mind talking about that a little bit, Matt? You know, if you frame it that way, obviously 80-80 adds up to more than 100%, but it's it's with the concept of radical generosity, which is which is exactly what Brittany was just speaking to, is that, you know, and the, the concept of 50-50, like a lot of people might view a partnership as 50%. And obviously, that's an impossible task. And that is not working as a team. You said that you and your husband are partners. That's that's where, so it can't be 50-50 because you, it's a partnership. So that's exactly what the 80-80 marriage speaks to. And, uh, you know, I was I was excited when I when I heard a podcast that interviewed this author, this husband and wife team because it totally resonated with me. And it also pointed out that, you know, even my thinking was wrong, that I was like still maybe viewing my marriage as 50-50 that, and that because of that, it needed some things needed to be reciprocal and, and also there needed to be equity always that it's like, well, no, I took the trash out yesterday. You have to take the trash out today. And that's ridiculous, first of all, and outdated, but, but also, uh, it's that, you know, if you reframe it and just think my role is 80%, then that really takes care of everything. And the concept of radical generosity that, hey, I'm your partner. I'm here to help always, you know, the same way we approach our clients at work and, and our teammates at work. I'm here to help. How can I help? We A lot of times we don't look at our marriage that way. We want it to be like, hey, I made dinner last night. It's your turn to make dinner tonight, you know, and that's that's ridiculous. It shouldn't be equitable. It can't be equitable. So, you know, I think for me, it just opened up it, like everything was new. Um, and it totally just that just that, you know, statement of 8080 and and thinking about it from a position of radical generosity really helped me. Um, and of course, I've you know shared it with you, shared it with any 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 of my friends that are married. Which obviously, it's it was met with some mixed results. I think a lot of uh, <laughs> some people were like, "I'm not interested in exploring radical generosity at all." You know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but um, you know, I think that it's uh, I think it's hilarious that that Brittany framed it, set it up, you know, perfectly because that's exactly uh, that's exactly the concept. 
Um, it's a part, yeah. it's a true partnership. It's from a position of, of being of, of assistance, being of service, which it sounds like Brittany, you've, you've kind of framed your whole life around really. I think that that's, and I, I love that, that, uh, you know, I wish that, uh, that I had had that conversation with myself and my wife, uh, a long time ago in my career path and, and our marriage too. I don't think, you know, uh, I, I know that we never intentionally did that. I, of course, we've had this, those conversations to guide our relationship and our path through life, but, but to intentionally sit down and go, here's, here's our values. Here's our, here's our path. Here's, here's our true trajectory. That's, that's really inspiring to me. I'm really happy to hear you say that. We've been very blessed in that we've had, um, those we've always been drawn to those who are, have life experience that we don't. And, um, we've always looked for mentors within our own lives, within our careers and within our marriage. And so we've had so many people pour into us who were already 15, 20 years into their marriage and gave us that advice. And, you know, it's, we, we got married very young. I was 23 when we got married. Um, and for, for us, we've always been old souls and drawn to those older than us. So I think that helped in all of that as well, but we really wanted to learn from others. And we wanted, we didn't want to set out on the path of, oh, we just know it all. We've got it all figured out. Oh my gosh. Like I come from a very broken home. My husband comes from a very broken home. We've seen broken marriage and broken families, and we didn't want that for ourselves. And so we decided to kind of go against the grain and figure out how we do this. And luckily we were able to come alongside others who were willing to um, invest in us. And I think we've looked at how we do that in our careers too. And there's so many, there's so many in this industry who have been here for so long, who have so much experience to give. And we, we have to go to them and like, just tell me all the things, like give me all of the industry history. Tell me all the things you learned. Tell me the things you wish you didn't, didn't do. So I know not to do it. And I understand why it didn't work out for you in that way. Um, and we can't be afraid to like question things too. And I, I, I try to approach the industry in my career in the same way. Like I want, I want to understand all of the history and all of the things that happen so I can be better for our industry in the future. Erica, you have a perspective that I kind of want to get. I was thinking when Brittany was saying she comes home, she unpacks all that. Not only are you and Joel, your husband, both in the AV industry, but you're both in the same company. So a lot of times you are traveling for, I'm assuming, I can't believe we haven't talked about this, but I'm assuming you're traveling for the same thing. So when you come home, you're both coming home and need to unpack and would love the house and the, to be clean and dinner to be ready. How do you guys juggle? You're both out of the house and gone and coming back and all of that. That's a great question. I think it just like magically both of us look around and think about like the jobs that need to be done. Laundry needs to be done. Groceries need to be got, you know, dinner needs to be made. Somebody needs to go pick up the dogs because if we're both gone, then they're being boarded. And, you know, it's more of a divide and conquer than, you know, like, here's the plan. It's more like, hey, I really need to go do this. Do you mind making dinner? And, you know, it's these un unwritten agreements, I guess. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I think that my wife and I kind of fell into that divide and conquer uh, strategy early on too. And it also is a lot of times not verbal communication. So we mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think where, 
where I struggle is when we have to do something together, you know, it's the, so I like, I like divide and conquer. It's like, I'll make dinner. You do the laundry. It's like, but let's make dinner together. And I'm like, uh, what's that look like? (laughs) No, I totally get that. And for me, it's like, I'll do all the like sides and prep everything inside. And then I'll send him outside with the grills and the smoker. See, that's smart. Divide and conquer. Matt and I discussed that. He we were talking about working alongside your spouse and I actually met my husband. We were both bartending together at a little tiny macaroni grill bar. And it was really, it was really smaller than this office back there. So we had to really learn how to work together and it was in bogus. People were rude and they just have to get really defensive of me. And he didn't care what was going on because he just got back from the Navy. So it was, I really just got to see this side of him that it was, we weren't dating at the time, but I was like, I like working with this person. And that's really kind of what marriage and parenting and all that comes down to is whether you're working together at the same time or working while one of you's in Germany and the other one's stateside, it's that working together. I will say that my husband is my favorite coworker. And so this is our second company working together. Um, Right. In AV. I mean, like, what are the odds? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's nice. I mean, it's not nice because after work, all we do is talk about work. But it's nice because I always have a sounding board that understands where I'm coming from and the problem that needs to be solved and that we work really well in that way together. For me, my career is also my passion. So when I'm not working, I'm thinking about work. I'm talking about work. I'm doing Mm -hmm. something that looks very similar to work. And I don't have a problem with that. And I know that, and, and neither does my wife, obviously she, you know, she's, she's under no illusion of who she married and she knows that, you know, this is all I do, but that I also love it and I'm passionate about it. But I've had, you know, other couples. So you go out for that date and there's like these rules at the table. It's like, no, 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 no shop talk. We're not talking about work tonight. I'm like, then, oh. <laughs> then I'm done. Like I can, yeah. I can go to the car then because I don't have anything else to contribute except what happened mm-hmm. this week at work, you know? So, and if it's not work, like for me, my hobbies are also work, right? We have yeah. the podcast, we have Rosie Riveters. I'm on a, uh, I'm chairing the content and learning committee at Avixa. Like those are the things that also take up my time. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Do you run into that? <laughs> Do people criticize you that it's like, oh, you're, you yes. know, you're, yes. you're yes. a workaholic, yes. you're, you know, you really well, need to, to stop and you, and I don't want to hear about all your yeah. work related stuff. And yeah. I, I mean, and I guess, you know, I guess we're all blessed to to work in an industry that we are passionate about. And I do, but I do kind of envy people too that have, that can clock in at nine and clock out at five and they go home and they don't think about work anymore at all. That's envious. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's not a burden and it's not uh, a negative thing. You know, the fact Mm -hmm. that I'm turning over projects in my head over the weekend, a lot of times is, helps me on Monday morning um, and vice versa Mm -hmm. too. A lot of, you know, like right now, 
we're doing a podcast. This, but this is work related. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but also, what what else would we be doing? Like, this is the things we right. think about. That it's like, well, what do you? What's your side hustle going to be? How about a podcast? Great. There's microphones <laughs> here. It's like I like it. I like it. I actually get criticized about that all the time. From so, if my friends come out and hang out with Bert and I somewhere at a bar, and they're like, "Are you guys really talking <laughs> about? Or you have nothing else to talk about?" Or people, or our significant others will say, "Oh." you didn't tell me this and Bert did. And I was like, honestly, Bert and I talk 95% about work. Like I, he's my brother. I love him. We have other things in common, but if we're going to choose something to talk about, we both love this industry we love our job and we love our company. It's what we're going to talk about. Well, and I think like my husband and I, one of our favorite things outside of baseball season, because both of our boys play baseball. um, So it kind of eats up our Saturday mornings, but we love sitting on the porch Saturday mornings and with a cup of coffee. And we literally talk about business. It's not always our business. We just think about business principles or ideas or what we would do in a situation. It's one of the things we have in common. And so we'll, talk about how we might be able to relate that. Um, both of um, both my husband and I are very much invested in um, EOS. And if you don't know what that is, look it up, but it's pretty cool for, especially for smaller companies, um, but it's essentially an operating system for businesses. And um, we're both very much, um, there's a term in there called an integrator, um, not like our integrators, but very similar. Um, but essentially the person that does all the day-to-day and the operations and really helps build out that company and achieve the dream, make the dreams possible of typically the entrepreneur or the visionary. And so both my husband and I are very integrator minded in that we aren't necessarily always the big picture thinkers and the one with all of the ideas, but we love figuring out how to make those ideas happen. So he's my sounding board when I have things at work that I'm trying to figure out how we're going to make this work. Um, he's the one that's giving me advice and that outside perspective sometimes. Um, we He came with me to ISE um, this year in Barcelona, Steve brought his wife and we talked about work all the time because we're both, we're all four of us are so invested in what we are and who, what we do and, and this company and how we're serving the industry. And so to be able to have a spouse who's as invested in my career as I am and who's willing to give up vacation time to go to Barcelona I know such <laughs> that's, a tragedy. It's also the first work function he's ever been to with me in this industry. And he, he was like, I've seen a different side of you. Like you are so take charge and confident in this industry. And it's so different from who I thought you were. And I was like, Oh, well, that's a nice compliment. Thank you. Um, but to have him so invested that he's willing to take his vacation time to come to a trade show with me. And he literally went to booths and talked to them about how we can help them. And he was like another extension of our company, um, without getting paid to do it. So, you know, that's, we have that in common and we're so invested in each other that it's, of course, that's what we talk about. That's who we are. I just brought my husband to my first ever work function in 12 years. And it, Matt was there. It was a Sennheiser event in Nashville. And I was like, oh, I hope he has someone to talk to or something to do while I'm there. And so Matt is who is my buddy that I'm going to see. Well, I wasn't going to, I was going to work, but that's who I'm going to hang out with. And I'm bringing my husband and I lost them both because they both discovered that they are deeply in love with metal and they each know more about metal than we'll ever forget it's 
it was incredible. They were buddies. I lost them. They were gone. I was, I ended up being alone, wondering who I'm going to talk to. And sometimes on the drive back, he would be giggling, texting. I'm like, hurry. It was texting Matt. What happened? Never bringing you to a work event again. Well, no, you, you have to, because he's either going to go to work for your company or he's coming to work for mine, but we are going to get him a job in the music industry. Well, that's what I was going to say when you said, are there rules that you're not allowed to talk shop? There is a strict rule in my house for me. Andrew's not allowed to talk shop because I have lost my appetite oh. for enough dinners oh. from him being an ER nurse. Because oh. he's an ER nurse, so he doesn't, for him, it's not gross. So he says it, I'm like, and now I can't eat for the rest of the night. I, so he's not allowed to talk shop. I sympathize with that. My my mother, my mother-in-law was an ER nurse for a time, a traveling nurse too. And yes, the, the horror stories, that you're, and you're just like... It would also shut me up. I think it was her mechanism to make me stop talking about work. She's like, well, let me tell you what happened today at my job. And I'd be like, okay, you win. That's awesome. So this has been an awesome, awesome conversation. Thank you both for joining us today. Uh, Brittany, where can people find you? Well, you can definitely go to controlconcepts.net and all of my information is there and you can learn more about what we do and how we serve the industry. Um, you can also find me on all the socials at Britt Dice. At Britt Dice. Thank you so much. Matt, how about you? Where can people find you? Sennheiser.com and Neumann.com. Um, and obviously <laughs> on LinkedIn. I'm on Insta, Facebook, if anyone still uses that platform. <laughs> Jen, you have any closing thoughts for us today? This is such a great conversation. Yeah, this is just a great, this is a great one. And I hope that we can have you both on again because we really enjoyed this. So thank you both yeah. for joining us. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much for being on this episode of the Women in AV podcast. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.